everyone, and welcome to That's the Issue, uh, the podcast that talks about the biggest comic book issues. Uh, my name is Matt Loon, and uh, as always, uh, my co-host with me, uh, the co-host with the co-most, is Mr. Wes Messer. Wes, how are you doing tonight? I am doing quite well. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. You can already tell I've had a bit of caffeine, because uh, there's a little bit more zing in my intro. Um, joining us this week, um, we have a very special guest. He is the uh, the writer of the upcoming uh, Vault Comics, um, Maxwell's Demons, uh, that's coming out uh, in a couple of weeks, October 11th. Um, joining us on the show um, is, uh, is uh, a good talent. He's, uh, he's obviously won, um, well, he's not obviously, but I'm telling you now, he's won uh, the 2015 Miller World Talent Contest. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis Camp, welcome to the show, Dennis. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. And I feel special. I feel like a special guest. You've made me feel special. <laughs> you, ah, see, that's very good to hear. We, we like to make people, people feel welcome here in, uh, in That's the Issue. Job well done, job well done. Um, so um, for those that haven't heard of Maxwell's Demons, uh, what can you tell us about your book? Absolutely. Without getting into too many spoilers, uh, Maxwell's mm-hmm. Demons is the story of Maxwell Mass, he is, who is the greatest mind of his generation. So... Max is a boy like born before his time and one of the rare individuals who defines his time. Uh, it's, a, it's a story about, for me at least, transformational greatness, which is as often terrible as it is altruistic. And um, without ruining too much of what we're doing in terms of plot, uh, we're getting into serious sci-fi territory and uh, we're doing it in, structurally we're doing it in kind of an interesting way with each issue is a done-in-one, so every issue gives you a full story, and if you, if you want to stop there, you have a full story. You, if you want to pick up issue three, you've, you can start there instead of issue one, but the more you read, you know, the more value you'll get, and you'll see the connections between all the individual stories, so I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, you were kind enough to send us um, a, um, a preview copy for us to have a look at. And um, one thing I noticed from it yep. is the fact that the, uh, the first issue um, does feel like a very kind of um, standalone story, right. you know, and um, it, was, it was interesting to kind of work through it and, and you know, get that kind of satisfying experience. But, uh, but as you say, like, it, you know, definitely there's more to come from it. Um, yeah. And it definitely, um, <laughs> you know, it, you know that we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil anything on this no, show. You know, not. it's obviously right. it's out in a it's out in a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> we'd love you. Wes is very adamant yeah. about that, and me me too, obviously. Um, but um, but yeah, it's 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 got this great kind of um, adventurous kind of appeal to it. You know, I mean, um, we we talked about um, just before uh, we started recording. You were talking about some of your influences, but. Um, but what kind of things, uh, you know, especially this first issue, what kind of things went into that, you know, from, um, from your influences? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, there's so many and, and so much of it is subconscious, I'm sure, that uh, people are going to read in a lot, their own sort of, their own influences, I think, and their, their own formative experiences, hopefully. For me, it was uh, somewhat about just growing up, you know, and, and the feeling of, of being alone. A lot, I was an only child and and there's a kind of loneliness that comes from that. And especially, you know, if, you, if, if you're one of those kids that's bookish, that reads a lot, that, that kind of loneliness I really wanted to capture in, in Maxwell's. And the character being a genius, he's, he, you know, he's kind of ultimately alienated in, in the most profound kind of way. And so, so, you know, anytime you're writing, you're writing from your own personal experiences. So, for, so first and foremost, I really wanted to capture that in Max and kind of 
as the issue goes on, there's a preview out there, so I'm not spoiling anything to say, you know, as the issue goes on, he kind of finds a certain amount of acceptance and, and what that feels like. And then, uh, and I won't, yeah, I won't, I won't go further than that. But so from, for, from a personal perspective, it was really just about what it was like growing up for me, you know, and I think what it's like growing up for a lot of people. I, I mean, most kids, if you ask most people, they'll tell you at some point in their life, they have felt very alone or, or very lonely. And, and so capturing that kind of, that kind of isolation in Max was important. Uh, in terms of sort of greater pop cultural references, uh, the sky's kind of the limit. I mean, I grew up in, I grew up on superhero comics, you know, I'm not a, I have a wide range of, of probably more, of, you know, intellectual influences, but I'm not ashamed to say that I, I really love, you know, Superman, I really love Batman, I, I really love Green Lantern, I really love Jack Kirby's New Gods, like, all of those kind of, they are all important parts of the DNA of this series in general, and you'll see references to those things. I think in the first issue, you even see Max is doing some drawings, and he's drawing the, he's drawing the Marvel superhero characters, and, you know, you'll see a bunch of really, really subtle references to, to old DC and Marvel comics, just because I love doing that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And then, I'm, currently I'm obsessed with Rick and Morty, and so, though I didn't, in, when I started writing this, I didn't intend for that to be in there. It has absolutely gone in there, the absurdity and, and sort of the, the brilliance. I mean, I can't capture the brilliance of Rick and Morty, but even just a, <laughs> even just a sliver of that sneaks in, you know, I think we'll be all right. And then, uh, I really, for the first issue, I also thought, it would be fun to just do a, a little play on Calvin and Hobbes. It doesn't, mm -hmm. not to say that it factors in hugely, but first of all, Calvin and Hobbes was extremely human and, and oftentimes captured those, that, kind of, that sense of loneliness and, and that sense of finding, you know, finding a friend and, and how important that is uh, and imagination. And all those things play, play into Maxwell Demons. As we go further in the series, that, that kind of falls away, to be honest with you. But... Uh, for this first issue, I thought it would be fun to pay homage to one of the best comics of all time. Yeah. Yeah, you've got some, uh, you've got some great influences there. <laughs> yeah, I try, I try. I think Rick and Morty's kind of, uh, like, well, obviously one of the mo more modern influences yes. there that you mentioned. Um, it's, it's kind of changed the game, hasn't it, when it comes to kind of high-concept sci-fi, uh, like, adventure. Like, every... Every episode, I'm very aware that it's smarter than me, <laughs> and I'm always kind of, uh, yes, I'm always upsetting. thrown by it, and it always, it's upsettingly amazing. good, right? I mean, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't understand, I don't understand. I, the only thing that makes it, the only thing that that makes me feel okay about it is that it, there's a, you know, there's a slew of writers writing that show, and they take years to do it. Otherwise, yes, yeah. it's absolutely one of those things that makes you feel small as a creator. So yeah. This is sad. And I'm going to admit something here, and I'm going to kill a ton of cred for myself, because, but, eh, I don't care. I have, I am probably one of the <laughs> few people on the planet Earth that has not seen Rick and Morty. Well, ah, dude. I'm not going to be an evangelist about it, though. I mean, so, the, I've seen no. a lot of, I've seen a lot of people that, that are hardcore fans that are kind of annoying about it. <laughs> so, I don't want to be one of those guys that says, you're wasting your life. But you are wasting your life. I mean, that, that, that I will, is what I, it boils down to. I will watch it. I do plan on watching it. I've actually been like, um, I, I'm. I, I watch the these a show on on a YouTube uh, Game Grumps, and okay. a couple of people that worked on Rick and Morty did did a did a little thing of riffing on a Game Grey's Anatomy that 
two oh. of the people that, that did uh, and the two people in the game Graves Anatomy and people that worked on Rick and Morty worked on this Graves Anatomy game. So I went. That's I went, crazy. It is the weird. It's like this weird Grey's Anatomy shovelware <laughs> game. And so, are, are we talking about Grey's Anatomy, the TV show, or Grey's Anatomy as in like the the textbook that that the, we use the TV in the show that okay that, that they that been on insanely long that no one yes, realized. Yes, no my girlfriend watched it. It's been on, but yeah, I was when they, when they were on there. I was like, going, I really need to watch Rick and Morty because these people are. <laughs> funny and because yeah. no, I mean, and these and these two and, the, and these two late and uh and i can't and they were they're and they were funny and i was like good lord how have i missed rick and morty after all this because it's right. i i always say everyone has a certain blind spot the tv shows they haven't watched oh for yet. sure and rick and morty's oh, one yeah. of my really big ones that it's like i know once i get into it i'm in like yeah I, you're I'm done stuck into you're it forever but yeah, yeah mm. that's on my list of shows that i'm like i need to watch you now i need to watch you'll love it you'll love it thank you yeah you will you will enjoy it and and you'll i think you'll benefit from like you know however long it takes you to to get around to it if there's like these three seasons if there's four the first five i mean you'll you'll get a kick out of watching them uh, as many as you can as fast as you can Absolutely. i think as well um, it's addictive. I mean, it really is addictive. Yeah, yeah, it is addictive, and they're, they're starting to kind of. Um, I don't know if you're kind of watching it at the moment, Dennis. I but am. They're kind of. They're they're kind of getting deep into their own mythology at this point. Yes, like yes. they're kind of having loads of callbacks and loads of kind of. Um, they've really built this world up, um, and they're not afraid to kind of deep dive into their own continuity, which is um, which is really exciting. That's true, and also I think they're getting deeper into sort of the psychology of the characters, and also into sort of social critique. Amazingly, which is which has always mm. been in there, but they're I mean the two episodes ago, which was the one where they just go to the citadel, and the citadel's rebuilding. I thought that was uh, just a brilliant, brilliant critique of sort of the inner cities and 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 yes, and, yeah. and then also action movies about cops and it, you know there's just all mm. these sort of meta references where they're 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 uh sat- satirizing movies about about you know race relations and so they're hitting all of that you know in in this sci-fi setting which is just it's just phenomenal i mean it really is it is yeah. it's a the amount that they're able to stuff into those episodes too is just inspiring so it it is pretty mind blowing that kind of um that kind of layered approach to things. Yeah. But um but I mean is that I mean talking of like uh, kind of you know world building mm. you know um Maxwell's Demons has got this kind of um grand kind of sci fi kind of concept to it ah. um that feels um you know I don't know how you felt Wes when you were reading it but it does feel kind of um like an open you know not not to use a kind of a pun uh, in a way but it does kind of feel like it's opening a door to you know to this world <laughs> that's um you know <laughs> that, that's, that's out there you know and i think um you know how do you how do you feel about like moving forward because i remember the the solicitation for it reads as um uh, one of five yes um is that is that something you see expanding you know would would you like to see it obviously i, I can't imagine the decisions entirely yours but it is, um yes. It's all very much dependent on sales, and uh, mm-hmm. and so so putting it all on the table, I have a a thirty to thirty five issue story pretty tightly wow. mapped. Uh, wow! And so so if it is, and it gets, I mean, issue one is as tame as it gets, right? Issue one is as simple and as straightforward and as small as as the series really gets, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Everything after that is is both better and bigger, uh, but. Uh, 
so I have a 30 issue to 35 issue series planned and it's and there, it's basically the same structure that you're seeing here a lot of done in ones a few three part and six part uh, stories um, but if we so if we get there then that would be phenomenal and I have a, a lot of background and, and a lot of a lot of concepts that I get hinted at in various issues and, and in various scenes that come into play later and, and characters that kind of come back. So it, there's, a, there's a big web that I'm trying to create. And going back, it's, it's going back to the structure of the series, it's going to be a bunch of done in ones. Each one is told non-chronologically. So issue two, oh, wow. each issue two will have, it will, every one of them will focus on Max at some point in his life. But in issue two, he's an old man. In issue, you know, in issue four, he's a teen. In issue five, he's kind of, you know, uh, in his thirties. And so you'll see, you'll see this kind of ever evolving, ever expanding world. And I did that for like a lot of reasons, but primarily, I just I like I want the I want the ability to surprise people, right? I want mm -hmm. the way that stories are structured, just by the nature of story structure and how many stories that we as consumers consume, right? Um, it, you have a good sense of what's coming in issue two after issue one. You just do. You can't not. There's certain mm -hmm. basic rules of storytelling that, that demand something in issue two, kind of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so by doing it this way, I'm, I'm al allowing myself, hopefully, to surprise readers by giving you something completely different, completely out of left field for issue two. and then. As you begin to see the issue evolve, like the, as we go through the issue, you'll start to see the connections and, and why I arranged it that way and callbacks to issue one and maybe, you know, foreshadowing for issue three or, and issue four, even though those will take chronologically place earlier in the timeline of Max. So, mm -hmm. uh, so going back to your initial question, uh, yes, I have a much bigger plan, but at the same time, my big goal in the done in ones is that too often when I'm reading a comic, I put it down and I feel a sense of dissatisfaction, right? I, it's not because there's nothing wrong with the comic, but it's because it feels like a sliver of a story. Mm -hmm. So rather than a story in and of itself. So with Max, I'm trying to create a series of co complete stories where if you stop at that issue, you can at least say at the end of that issue, you can say, I'm really, I, I got something out of this. I got, you know, set up and I got payoff and I feel like I got something out of it. And the reason that you come back to the next issue is because all I, we did all of that well enough that you want to see what happens next, right? Uh, so yeah. if, if we only make it to five issues, which is, which Vault has been extremely generous in giving, right? The average these days is, is four issues, not five. And each issue is, is oversized. So it's 24 pages, not 22 or 20. So if we only make it to five issues, uh, and as a new creator, that's very possible. You, everyone, I think we'll, we'll be giving a big payoff at the end that kind of recontextualizes all of the previous issues and, and it'll, it will sit well together, really well together as a, as a unit. If we, if, uh, if a, at this point, a nuclear war happens, which is, seems increasingly possible, uh, <laughs> after issue three, you'll have had three complete stories and you can be, hopefully you can be satisfied with that. Although, you know, if you're in the last moments, you think, damn, I wish I could have gotten those last two issues. I would totally understand. Uh, <laughs> and then, so if we don't get any further, I think we have something satisfying, but 
however many issues that you can pick up or you do pick up or we are able to produce, you will get a complete and satisfying story. That is the goal. That is the goal. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, I like it. And the one thing, because I remember my, I will, I will refrain from my, from the, because this is, this is funny. I got the unique experience of D, of Dennis and I were DM, were uh, chat, were chatting back and forth about, about the interview and, and other stuff. And I was actually reading this. I was kind of giving Dennis a, a quasi DM live tweet of, <laughs> of the issue. It's and true. And it was probably what it probably would have been a surreal experience for you getting a quasi life. It was great. It was great. It, this is what you know. You want to see how things hit your readership. So that's, it hit this, me. It was phenomenal. Like as that's why that's when that's when you said, like, "Oh, you got me," because like, and as you said, it's going to be taking place in different periods of Maxwell's life. I'm like, "Oh my, I can't wait." Because I I kind of like oh, that. awesome. I, I like that sort of storytelling, like where you kind of get that okay. Next, next bit takes place as old man. Okay, and then you see like yeah. teenage, and you start seeing those little pieces come together. And by the end of the story, your end of the five issues, you're like, "Son of a gun!" Wow. So one of the things I love about some of my favorite creators, like Grant Morrison, is a is, is a big influence on me, and, yeah. and Alan Moore, is that they're kind of nego- they're kind of negotiating the space between how much to tell you and how much to, to hold back. Right? Like you want to tell people enough that it gets them interested and and kind of blows their mind but you want to leave space for them to sort of inject their own ideas into the narrative and mm-hmm. yeah with with this kind of structure you know having a couple hundred years or a couple thousand years sometimes between issues uh you know it gives you space as a reader to kind of guess what happened in that time and and it makes you wonder who is this character? Because things change. I mean, he's changed a lot in that time, as, as people do. And so you kind of wonder, the, what exactly is it I'm reading? And you come up with your own theories and, and sort of you invent your own, you invent your own events. And, uh, and I, loved, I loved doing that. that it's, there's something participatory about, about reading that way. And I think the best authors are able to get you to do that. And you end up loving the story more because there's a piece of you inside of it. You know what I mean? Like you wrote yeah. part of it. For just yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, with, you know, with 30 to 35 issues planned, you know, you've got this, you know, that, I mean, that, to me, that's a really exciting, um, you know, kind of concept, this idea that, you know, issue one feels like, as I say, feels like there is that world beyond the issue and you know kind of expanded there but to, to hear that there actually is you know in your mind you know in your in your notes or you know whatever yes, to feel yes. it's, it's there waiting is yes. um is extremely exciting it's it's kind of like uh you know you know when you read a really good book and uh, and you just pick it up for the first time and then you think it, and you realize it's kind of part one of like a a massive story you know like dark tower or kind of or something like that where you know right, you feel right. like i love it i want more and and there is more you know <laughs> thanks so much um, i'm really happy to hear that i mean the thing about that, that that can be a little bit dangerous, I look at Game of Thrones, and, and I like Game of Thrones, uh, you know, it's, it's destination television, and, mm-hmm. but uh, one of the things about Game of Th- something like Game of Thrones, where you're creating these really intricate worlds, is that you end up with a lot of deferred payoffs, you know, like, it's mm-hmm. kind of like you have to watch a season of Game of Thrones to really feel satisfied, at least oh, that's yeah. how I felt, uh, right? Yeah. Same way. Um, and so I think that that can be a kind of a dangerous way to build your epics. Uh, I, I prefer this. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but what you are asking people is to is to buy in very early 
with with something that's a, quite a large buy-in, right? Like I have to yeah. to watch Game of Thrones. I have to dedicate ten hours of my life to it, and and if I don't, and I saw this with Westworld too. If I don't, then it's not it's not really satisfying. At least again for me, this is just speaking for me. It's not really satisfying, sort of episode by episode. So what I wanted to do is, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for comics as a monthly art, and I wanted to to sort of respect that to respect the unit in which it's going to come out i would love to do like an ogn and i and i have plans to do an ogn or at least a couple actually and that's an entire but that's an entirely different thing you know that's a different me that's that's a different format and that yeah. it requires a certain a different kind of writing i think for that i don't want i don't want it to be a, a, a you know one story split into five issues i want it to be five issues that tell a bigger story but that also told five stories do you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely i mean that's quite um that's quite a classic way of um like classic i mean in the kind of uh you know for want of a better term i don't want to use old-fashioned because that makes it sound like it's out of date but it it does harken back to a a time of of comics writing that is um that's kind of lost its way a little bit now you know and I, i know exactly what you mean you know i think comics have have kind of taken that idea of um of developing chapters for uh, chapters for a trade or chapters for a for a kind of deluxe edition omnibus kind of thing mm, yes. rather than telling exactly. telling individual one-in-one stories you know so um and, so i think it's kind of that that's fascinating so is that something that um that kind of influenced you you know the, the idea of like kind of old you know old spider-man issues for example being done in ones or old x-men comics being this kind of you know single unit absolutely that, that was a big part of it but sort of the the reason that that fell out of fashion there was a good reason for that i think it was that you mm-hmm. can't really tell very sophisticated stories in in one issue if that's really yeah. if that's really all you're doing uh but i, I kind of want to put that idea to bed or at least to put the lie to it mm-hmm. you know that that you can tell sophisticated stories over in in just one issue by by creating narrative connections from issue to issue that aren't necessarily you know direct causal or you know in an exact chronological order so when you read five issues of of maxwell's or 35 issues of maxwell's or however many we end up getting you'll get a very very complicated story i think a very sophisticated story uh but if you read just any one issue you'll get admittedly a simpler hopefully satisfying story do you know what i mean so it's the the structure of the book came about trying to trying to do both the done in ones the the complete stories but in a kind of in a in a sophisticated characterful way do you know so that's at least what yeah, i'm hoping for yeah. that's what because because i do th- you know i love those i love old comics I, especially but there are a lot of great ones you know jack kirby i'll read anything i'll read anything jack, jack kirby did and and probably one of my biggest influences is is his new gods um and uh and so you can do a lot of great things with the done in ones, but there is a certain upper limit. And I, so I don't want to say that, oh, there's nothing good about a six issue series. It's more just, I don't, I don't love that that's the only way that people tell stories now, which is that everything has to be six issues or, you know, what are you doing? I I don't love that. New Gods is a a perfect example of that really as well, isn't it? Because I mean, you know, you've got, 
kind of forever people you've got uh you've got new gods you've got mr miracle you can read any of those issues pretty much in any order you want you know you can you can swap and change some of them there are kind of beats that you hit as you go through them chronologically but you know the individual series you can read on their own you don't need to read the other things and yet altogether they build this kind of this world this kind of mythology yes um that you know that works that you you know you get something you know a kid picking up kind of paranoid pill or glory boat will you know will sit there and they'll read that and they'll have a you know an amazing time with that one issue and they don't need a you know previously on they don't need a next time they just have that one thing whereas you know, if they do read it as a chapter of a whole, they get this whole new experience, mm-hmm. um, and that sounds exactly like what you're what you're going with uh, with Max. Absolutely, this kind of, it's a kind of modular storytelling where you know you're rewarded for reading more, not punished for reading less. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a there's also a really cool recent. There's also another really cool example of this. Um, did, you ever, did you guys ever read the uh, Secret Empire? That means Secret Avengers story that uh, Warren Ellis did. Oh, absolutely. The, yes, his run yeah. on Secret Adventures? Yeah. When he did, each issue had a different artist, and each mm-hmm. issue with a different artist still tied into a larger story he was going to tell with the Secret Avengers. Like, every issue had a, had a different focus, different artist, and went kind of did each and like, with the, he had, like, all these different artists on it, but they all tied into a larger story by the end of his run on it. And I went, oh, dude, yeah, because I, like, they're like the last most recent example of that style of storytelling and 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 not many people do that i mean that's why i dig what mm-hmm. you're doing dennis is that sort of like hearkening back to hearkening that going because when warren did that i went this is the coolest freaking thing yeah. and then it clicked yeah. with me when you were taught telling matt that bit i was like huh yeah i really missed that <laughs> this, is, this is why and no wonder i really glommed towards this and there's also one thing I actually do want to ask you because there's, I when sure. I, the one thing that I was kind of drilling over is is the art on this. Where yes, in of the course, world we have to get find Vittorio Astone. Am I am I yeah. saying the name right? That is correct. Yep, yeah. um, Vittorio. I find, I spend a lot of time trolling Deviant Art and and Tumblr and and every other possible forum you can imagine looking for artists, and I found. Vittorio's art on his deviant art, honestly, and he was doing, he was not very, he was, he's, he's a comic book artist, and he had had something published in Heavy Metal, um, a short story published oh, awesome. in Heavy Metal uh, a year ago, I think, and, and it's gorgeous. He does, um, but he was, he was actually looking to do more, to break into the European market uh, initially, which is kind of, it's a different format, it's much more artist-centric, you know, yeah. you have a lot mm-hmm. more time to do uh, and a lot more space to do your thing. So I, I mean, I understand. Um, but he was he was open to doing something, uh, and I said I was like, well, could you just draw the first issue of this thing? Uh, I'd really love to just have it, and it's going to look beautiful, and I can I can at least have it, and just say, well, I've made a comic, and that 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 can make me feel good. And uh, and so he agreed. And then in the in the course of drawing it, he kind of I think he well both both of us enjoyed the experience, and he said, you know. I really like I, I'm enjoying this and I've been thinking more and more about uh, breaking into the American market instead. And so or initially Maxwell's Demons, this the first issue is was just its own thing. I didn't create I didn't have a, a whole backstory necessarily in mind when I wrote that first issue. Um, and I literally when he said that I I built it all 
on the back of, of our collaboration because uh, I wanted to do more with him. I knew I wanted to do more with him. And, and the more I wrote, the, the more I wanted to write. And the more, you know, one idea led to the other and, and another like, idea led to the next. And, uh, and yeah, so I ended up with like this giant, with this giant uh, kind of map, story map. And so Vittorio, you know, Vittorio is amazing. He, Vittorio he, Yeah, he, mm. he not only pencils and inks digitally, but he also colors yes! it all, right? Yeah. Wow. So he has so like total ever... control. I mean, he's not he's not doing the letter. Um, Aditya Bidikar is doing the let- lettering, and he's a, he's a really good friend of mine, and he's doing lettering on a bunch of really big books like Motor Crush, and oh, and cool. uh, he did Drifter with Ivan Brandon, which was phenomenal. Nick Klein. Wow. Um, so he's a you know Aditya is the, probably the biggest name on, in our creative team. But uh, but so he's doing phenomenal work and and we're constantly going back and forth. But yeah, back to, Vittorio really handles so much of the book, and he has such. I, I'm I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable kind of pushing the envelope, especially in terms of formal stuff. You know, in terms of grids and layouts and all that. Precisely because Vittorio is so great at what he does, and he also he does everything. So you can be sure that it's gonna you know it's gonna all come from the same place and kind of have that. That that feel of you know of, of being a bit uh, auteur, and so so mm. we can really push. Uh, in later issues, especially three, four, and five, we really push layouts and oh, and stuff in very interesting heart. directions. So uh, so I'm really excited about that. And yeah, it's a lot. So much of that is down to Vittorio and and him let you know me suggesting something and him not flinching and and executing it in in a fashion that. So it's my original thought to shame, you know. So can I just say now that now you say like like you like you're now that you're kind of saying I'm thinking now I want this when when this gets collected to be collected in like a giant oversized hardcover <laughs> just to really <laughs> you off the art. Because that would be a dream. Yeah. Holy that would be a dream. crap! That would be like I think people be like, whoa, that because I'm a sucker for cool oversized hardcovers anyway. Yeah, me too. So me too. Yeah, yeah. that so when that when you were saying Europe and like yeah because. I could see that influence, that sort yes. of like that influence, like right. I'm like, there's a very heavy European influence here, like very heavy. Because I, I, I am a little out of sync with it, but I, I, but I, I have followed a couple of them. And I'm going, yeah, that. Like I follow a little bit of like, like Mobius and oh yeah, stuff for too. sure. So it's like I followed a little bit. So yeah, that's. I'm like, oh my lord, yeah, I can see it, and I'm. I think it's kind of like because. Because like the freaking the art's beautiful. I mean, the color work is a st- oh, it's amazing. Ah. He's amazing. Oh. He's actually he's he off of uh, after seeing this book, Vault asked him to color another one of their books that they're doing with um, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly called I don't know exactly how to pronounce it to be honest with you, Georgia Kwan, I think it is. Yeah, um, and uh, he's coloring that book for them. Holy crap! Oh wow! Yeah, so he's doing you know I'm he's not doing surprised. Color. I'm yeah, not surprised at all. It's, it's he's great. Uh, we were—I was very lucky. So yeah, I just stumbled upon him, and and I kind of you know lured him into into doing monthly comics, and you know like it, it slammed on his leg like a bear trap, and now he can't get out. So and I'm and I'm <laughs> winning. <trapped>. Yeah. <laughs> so and and I get to reap the benefits. I've been very lucky. I've been yeah. Very it's lucky. cool. You I mean, you you gotta find that that is fun. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you guys, you guys seem like a, a great match for it. I mean, you know, you kind of answered this question anyway, but um, did you have like, um, 
did you have a look for the for the story in mind when you when you set out to kind of find an artist did you kind of what what was going through your mind of how did how did you want it to look um you know while you were when you were looking for people or, or did his style kind of influence how you how you wanted it to look yeah there's a there's always a back and forth that sort of thing you know uh so i knew that i needed somebody who could handle cosmic and scale and uh and that and light i just i knew that light was going to play a big mm-hmm. part in it with the doors and all of that and and we were going to be designing alien worlds and alien characters and so that was it was really important to me that that, that there was a, a certain degree of command of, of all those elements um and so the first thing that i saw from vittorio was like a short story in heavy metal just a couple pages of it that uh basically took place at the end of time and 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 there was like all of these aliens that were trying to to commandeer the last star in existence <laughs> you know so it was just this giant scale wow. thing that he just he he executed brilliantly and so uh so i once i saw that i said okay what well, i really have i'll do whatever i can to get this guy you know to to work with me and um and so but then once he started yeah absolutely what he was capable of had a huge impact on on how I how I wrote the story. You know, the story was initially a little shorter than it is now, and and I expanded that after seeing his work because I really wanted it to breathe. And and the later issues too, I, I wrote those specifically for him with him in mind. And so all of that has had a huge impact on on how I'm writing and especially how ambitious I feel that I can be. You know, like if you're when you're not sure who you're writing for, if you're just writing a script randomly. You kind of you want to make it as clear and straightforward as you can because you don't know what the strengths of that artist are. But the really great stuff happens when you know the artist and and you're writing to their strengths and you give them space to kind of turn the book into theirs. You know, they're the they're the stars. Always they're the stars. Whatever, you know, it's the art that's drawing the readers in. It's not the writing. So you if you're you're not doing your job as a writer if you're not number one making it easy as as you can for them to draw and number two you know you're not giving them space to make it as phenomenal and as as personal as you can so i just i try to take that forward whenever i'm doing um whenever i'm doing anything yeah yeah that yeah that's uh, very eloquent I, mean, I like that yeah i, I like absolutely. that explanation <laughs> yeah because you're because this issue pretty much shows how much care you put into that especially because like especially like you see like like wide scale like like these wide scale, like fantastic worlds that Maxwell enters throughout this throughout the book, and dear Lord, there's like there's other stuff that pops up later. I can't spoil because I don't want to. And <laughs> you just that you just go, whoa, yeah. That's I mean, that that's what made me just. I I think it's just there's so much to it, but it's just like that. It's such it's such a book that like when you you like like when you great like you get people you get people with the words and then. People are like going, oh, these this reads really well, and then you get and you get like the words lead to the, like this the striking art, and then the two together. Yeah. It's like because comics is that sort of art form where it's like, yeah, you're right, exactly right. Where the writing is like writing and art merged together yeah. to create something true. And and when both are firing all are all, uh, on all cylinders like this, you're just going, wow, that like. Mm. Like this is like this is sort of like one of the things where I, I always said like that's why that's why you could tell my initial excited message to you then as I was going this is like <laughs> this is so freaking cool because I I just it just made 
it made me smile, but also made me go, okay, I do, I, I really do, and I really do, and that, and that's why I wanted to, make, wanted to ask you about Vittorio's art on this, because I was just going, dude, where did you find this cat? Because that's, <laughs> that was just like, this is one of the things I had never heard of Vittorio before until now. So, when uh, I heard- Honestly, I've been so lucky about finding artists, is the truth. I mean, Vittorio, he has not done any American work, I mean, previous to this, and so, it's really just a matter of, of going online and, and contacting people and, and getting a lot, of, a lot of no responses or negative responses. But, um, but, you know, I've been, but if you do the work, there's so many great artists out there that just haven't been given an opportunity and given a platform. And I just, one of my, I, had a, I made a short story with, um, with another friend of mine uh, or with an with a artist that I found from, he lives in England, and, but he's from France. And uh, it just won an award. It just won a Go City comic competition award awesome. um because he is but it really is down to he and his brother his brother colored it and he, and his uh and he he drew it and they did just a phenomenal job and and they're just wait you know there's all this talent out there that's just waiting for a platform and an opportunity and and now he's he's doing a pitch with a much bigger writer than me and he's going to be huge and but you know out of all of these out of all of these you get a friendship which is also amazing you know there's a there's yeah. a there's a bond that forms when you're making something together, I think, that, that's just really rewarding. And it's one of the most rewarding things about a collaborative medium like comics. And, and, and it's part of why I love working in comics, because, you know, it's, you get the creative freedom of doing something you, that, is, that is you. You get to, you ultimately have, like, the final word and final sanction on, on what the comic is, you and, and your artist, you know, and your co-creators. But it's also, there's also something collaborative there. You know, it's, in TV, there's so many vo- or or film, there's so many voices that you don't. Whatever your vision is, there's a lot of you're making a lot of compromises, right? You don't have to make as many compromises in comics, but you, it's also not as lonely as writing novels alone in your you know in your one room apartment. Uh, and and so you get kind of the best of both worlds. And uh, so I've been really grateful to have found Victoria, not just as a as a collaborator or as an artist on on this book, but just as a friend and. You know, and just chatting with him about not just not just Maxwell's, but about you know what's going on in life and and all of that. Uh, that's that's one of the greatest things about about comics in general is that you make all of these people who are genuinely your friends and excited about a lot of the same things and also excited about a lot of different things and that know different things and can introduce you to different things. You know, I've learned a lot from Vittorio about art and and how to how to better make comics as a result of that you know you, you have to understand the the rules of art and and sort of the approaches and and the techniques i i can't draw with a lick but visual storytelling right this is this is a game of visual storytelling and so understanding what has what impact is extremely important and um maybe we'll get to that later but i'm writing for a magazine called uh panel by panel yeah with um, yeah, that was on my list of things to, to talk to you about because that's I um, pop up my feed today too, and I was just like, I need to check this out later. Uh, yeah, I, for for yeah. people who are, who are interested in kind of a deep textual reading of comics and visual storytelling in general, I think it is really great. Uh, Haas does a series, a web series on YouTube called Strip Panel Naked, and, uh, and it's really excellent. Um, he, does a, he, he does a great job. In, He's gaining a, a huge following as a result, for, with good reason. Mm-hmm. And so he, start, he launched a comic book uh, magazine that kind of has a lot of the, not the criticism and the analysis that 
we both kind of do on our own anyway when we read a comic uh, and we just kind of formalize it and put it in magazine form along with a bunch of other voices so um, yeah it's 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 a brilliant um it's a brilliant magazine because it's um you know we talked back about uh, before about you know your your kind of uh, style of writing for um for Maxwell's demons is is very kind of harkens back to a to a more traditional age i mean this i feel like this magazine kind of harkens back to a more kind of uh, traditional feeling of um uh, of comics analysis you know of of of, of comics journalism you know in, in the sense yeah. that it's uh, you know it, it's given itself space you know hassan's right making a, a fantastic um a fantastic web series as you say on youtube that kind of does do that deep dive into the art but um but this takes takes the whole you know the the thing as a whole doesn't it you know i read your um, right I read your article that you wrote about uh, about Redlands, uh, which oh, was uh, which was last uh, last uh, the last issue, and then yep. this one um, is um, uh, what's uh, what's this one about the the latest Savage issue Town. Savage Town, Savage yes, Town. yeah, yeah. Savage Town. Need to read yeah. that later. Yeah, uh, yeah. Savage Town is great. I mean, I I wrote a piece about sort of class and and crime fiction, and and it was just I think this latest issue is is the best one yet honestly and cool. they just announced that um the next issue is is mr miracle we're doing we're doing oh, tom nice king's mr miracle which for me is important is great because it's it merges my two obsessions of you know comics formalism and the new gods cool. so yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it was perfect i was pushing for this i've been pushing for this for a while and and kind of just it, it all worked out luckily so so how did you get um, into um how did you get in, into writing for that uh, you know, Haas and I, I, I just mentioned to Haas one time really early on in, in Strip Panel Naked that I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed what he was doing and we started chatting on, on Gchat and we started talking about comics and, uh, and we pretty much talk every day, you know, for a, for a number of hours just chatting back and forth about everything really about, I think he calls me his therapist, but like <laughs> just about comics and no. about comics journalism and 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 you know the comics that we're reading and what we like and and he he's he is a we both feel that knowing how much work it takes to make a bad comic that we we would never want we're tired of the negativity about about comics in general you know most reviews seem to be negative or blasé and and most articles are just long diatribes about what's wrong with comics and what's bad about the industry and, and there's a lot of there's a lot to say about that it's not so much that it's not so much there's anything wrong with that but it's not really what i want to do mm-hmm. I, I, or what i want to see like, i want people to celebrate the things that they like about about the industry because there's a lot to like too and there's a lot to celebrate i think um and so so we both kind of felt that way and and we both wanted to do something that that talked about comics in a in a sort of deeper textual way and, and talked about it talked about the formal things about comics that was that were making them great mm-hmm. and then um and then but we wanted to keep it positive so you know we don't we only do books that that we all are really excited about or, or that we think are going to be really really good and so far they all have been honestly yeah, um, yeah. and so and so yeah so be, Haas and i have been talking for a number of months pretty much every day on and off about comics projects and whatnot. And then what happened was Comics Alliance closed down and Haas was doing a regular pen or a regular column for them. Yeah. Mm. And um and so he he didn't really know what to do with himself after that. He wanted to keep doing the the column, but there weren't 
not really anyone else was interested in that kind of comics journalism. And I encouraged him to maybe start his own website or what I called, you know, some sort of platform. And we, we both, he decided that that was going to be too much work and then did the magazine, which is still, frankly, too much work. And I, <laughs> I feel bad for his girlfriend, Helen, who, is, who must curse my name <laughs> for encouraging him to do this. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and so it just came from that. And I, I think, I'm, I believe I'm the only other regular writer on the magazine besides Haas. So it's, it's me and Haas every issue. Wow. And, then, um, and then a bunch of really interesting diverse voices uh, uh, for some of the other features and great, great creators and uh, doing interviews and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's really exciting, honestly. It's really exciting mm -hmm. to be part of, I think, a positive part of the comics community, you know? Uh, it is, yeah. That's, that's exactly so how it cool. is. And yeah, that's exactly how it reads. Head, I mean, you... Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, definitely. And and it feels um it feels exciting to read it because it's it's one of those things like I mean I like, you know, millions of us uh feels like uh, you know mourned the the you know the end of Comics Alliance. Um and we had yeah. um you know on this show we had uh, Kieran Shiak um oh, yeah. uh, a little a little while ago um just uh, oh, great. you know not long after um not long after Comics Alliance shut down. And um, and he come on. And he was talking about his new Kickstarter project, and he's just started a new podcast uh, with Hassan, with hasn't Haas, he? The, yes. uh, yeah, the uh, Under the Hood, the Watchman um, deep dive, um, and that's yep. you know we I'm talked about that podcast. last. Uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I was like, as like as like my brain was going click click click. Ah, okay, there there's now all the pieces are are piecing themselves together. Yeah, yeah, that's phenomenal <laughs> yeah. and absurd and and great. I think it's going to take them. They said like eight years to 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 finish the whole Watchmen if yeah. they go at this rate, which is just hilarious. It, and wonderful. It's it's a crazy. I mean, Kieran seems to be. I, I don't know how he finds time to do he's anything because he's he's so prolific and he and he's mm. doing like a podcast about uh, like every single uh, every ep every issue of Amazing Spider Man. Um, you know, he's he's doing this um, podcast. He's doing his own like kind of journey into mystery stuff, and we we talked to him about all of that and. And how he finds time to do that, and you know, he had a Kickstarter up and running, which is, you know, hopefully going to kickstart a uh, pardon the pun, kickstart, um, <laughs> yeah, um, a, you know, a, a comics career for him as well, and it's um, it's fascinating. But um, oh, great, but, yeah, but, that is great. Yeah. I mean, I, I love I, I love panel by panel. It's um, you know, it's kind of my new favorite obsession, really. And um, oh, I'm so happy you're reading it. That's yeah, awesome. ab absolutely. And I only came I came to it um, a few weeks ago. Um, you oh. can, you know, for those who don't know, you can get it on Gumroad. Um, if you um, yep. if you go there, you can subscribe to it. Uh, Two dollars fifty a month, which is ridiculous price, really. But <laughs> um, you know, it, it's it's brilliant, especially for the amount of work that goes into it. You know, every every um, every issue deals with a specific issue of, of a comic book or a or in a graphic novel, um, and yeah, it, uh, you you know you talked about it being exciting, and it it is very exciting. That's that's exactly the kind of um, comics journalism I I want, I crave, um, and I think it's something that um, that's desperately needed. I think as well, there is a there is a gap for that, you know, especially as you say, since Comics Alliance uh, kind of closed down, there isn't a place for that really at the moment, um, and it you know it's it's one of those kind of uh, cliches to say that something has left a void, um, but it absolutely has. You know, there's um, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of great sites out there, a lot of great sites, and I think it's taking time for 
some of those sites to build themselves up in the public's image, in the public's eye, um, you know, to get that recognition that Comics Alliance had built over the years. Um, but um, but panel by panel is is fantastic. It's it's one of those, you know, we talked about obviously uh, Rick and Morty being the kind of the kind of story that you you know you wished you were writing or people wish that they were writing, and and uh, panel by panel is is something that. I, I personally wish I was writing, you know, that, that kind of, <laughs> that kind of, uh, of deep diving into stuff is, is exactly uh, the kind of thing that uh, is the dream, kind of, uh, is the dream for me. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, that means a lot. Thanks so much for saying that. You know, I'm not, Haas is really the mastermind behind all that. I just write mm. articles and, and he comes from a background of, of film. And so I think he really felt that void acutely. You know, in film, there's so many more publications and, websites and and analyses of 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 film that so there's not really there isn't so much of that in comics you know he was he was mentioning recently that if you want you can go and you can read a book just on the formal elements of of a specific film like the shining Mm -hmm. you know you go to and you can find uh, how how did they make the shining and what went into it and all these other things and i mean you know kubrick especially has uh, put so much so put so much work into all of that but um but yeah, and so you can't really find that with, with comics, and that's a shame because it's a unique medium, you know, a unique storytelling medium that has very unique properties, and, and not a lot of people either want to talk about that or are equipped to talk about it. You know, um, as, you, know you were saying earlier that the art and the, and the words, you know, that it's so true that in comics the juxtaposition is so important that, 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 that you can do so much interesting stuff with with time in comics that, and with details in comics that you can't really do in any other medium. And so as a, as a, as a creator, I had to think about that stuff. You know, it, it just, that, that's how my brain works. And it was important for me to understand the similarities and the differences and the potentials. And, uh, and I, you know, you, you read Alan Moore stuff and you can see it all on the page there kind of. It. And, uh, and, but there weren't that many people that were talking about it. People were more interested in you know, if you read Watchmen, there's a lot of annotations and a lot of them are really interesting, but mm-hmm. a lot of them are also just kind of like, well, it's a callback to this old comic or a callback to that old comic mm-hmm. or, and, and that's less interesting for me. I, I love old comics, you know, but it's more, I'm more interested in comics as a medium and, and pushing that and, and shining a light on what's special, both in panel by panel and also in, in my own work. And, you know, I wanted to keep the first issue of Maxwell's a little bit more straightforward, but as you as you go, you'll see us doing a lot of a lot of really fun things with the formal elements of comics and things that you can only do in comics. And you know, a couple. I mean, one of the big, two of the big things in terms of motivations for Maxwell's were I really want I really felt that comics is capable of tackling scale, you know, cosmic scale in a way that most other mediums just aren't. It's yeah. just something in the DNA of comics, you know, the multiverses and giant wars that end that you know that use universes as cannon fodder go back to the new gods and you had you know suns being used as laser beams and all kinds of crazy stuff that i love that about comics so i really wanted to put that right right there you know in maxwell's and then i also really wanted to to see how far i could i could make this a comic you know how far i could push it uh could push the formal boundaries of comics and so we we play a lot with layouts and and how in a way that I think is very interesting and sort of reflective of the stories that we're telling you know and, and issue five is 
I mean, not to, not to, this is a tiny spoiler, but issue five is all on a nine grid, like, uh, like Watchmen. Yes. Oh, wow. Love nine grids. So, uh, and so that gives you a lot of opportunities to, mm-hmm. to, you know, the nine grid, I think is a really special, is a really special tool in comics. And there's a specific way, I think there's, there's a specific way to use it or a number of specific ways of using it uh, and using its kind of sort of, you know, comic strip beat structure on each tier. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was really fun to play with that. Uh, and, and so all of the issues are, are filled with, I think, something that's formally interesting or innovative or playful. Or, and, uh, and writing panel by panel is kind of me looking at other comics and exploring that, those sorts of things. And the, truthfully, it's, it's research. Half of the time it's research and it, you know, it, yeah, it yeah. influences my own work. I was going to say that that kind of deep dive into other people's work must, yeah. um, you know, must must inform your own kind of um, your own ideas. It must kind of stoke the fires of kind of you know seeing what other people do and going that that's amazing. I'd love to I'd love to do something like that myself, kind of thing. Absolutely. I mean, I I think that's I I imagine that's how most people get started in comics, right? I, I, mm. For me personally, it was reading Grant Morrison and Warren Ellis and Alan Moore and. Uh, all of those, all of the, and, and Neil Gaiman, that's a, that's a very common constellation of influences. But mm-hmm. uh, for me, the stuff that they were doing was so exciting and so different. And I, and I wanted to, to break it apart to figure out why it was so exciting and, and why it was so interesting. Um, and I, I, find it, I, I find it odd that more people maybe aren't, aren't shooting for those stars. You know, I understand yeah. that I plan on falling short of Alan Moore, right? But I, I, it's, it seems, it seems strange not to, to compete with him or to try to compete with him and and the work that he does. Um, because it, you know, why else are you making art, but to make it really, really as excellent as you can, as interesting as you can, as, as, uh, ambitious as you can, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, you know, you, you know, you mentioned the idea of, um, you know, they are kind of a um, quite a common a group of uh, of creators that people mm. reference as influences. But to bring a couple of your your points together, for for me personally, I think the the reason those they are um, the you know the go to creators that people mention is because they they use the most of the comic book form, and they they kind of they they realise the you know the unique nature of the comic book form and i think they they play to that you know i mean personally like grant morrison is is my favorite creator and i think the one of the reasons for that is because he he's very aware and he plays upon the fact that what he is developing is a comic book you know he's not writing for a movie he's not writing he's not writing a book with pictures you know he's writing a comic book and and with that is that kind of um you know the 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 idea of you know we we talked about um i think we, a couple of episodes ago we talked about multiversity about the mm-hmm. the idea of the the reader being the enemy in that and you know yes, kind yeah, of playing into Brilliant. that you know um, and yeah well when kieran was on the show we talked about animal man and about the the issue of animal man where grant morrison is in the comic mm. um and he kind of breaks down that um that kind of metafiction in in such a such a specific way for himself but yes. at the same time, he's very, you know, things, um, you know, he's, he's doom patrol stuff. He's very aware that it's a comic book. And I think, as you say, like comics, comics is such a unique medium that it works. It works when it is being a comic. 
um, more than when it's being anything else, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a shame. I mean, especially in the 2000s, cinematic storytelling was sort of the the fad du jour. And and a lot of great comics came out of that. I'm not to say that, that people didn't do that well. A lot of people did do that well. But... I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm more interested in, as you say, comics being comics, and you know, the reason I think the re- part of the reason that Haas and Kieran uh, are doing the podcast on Watchmen is that book is essentially, I mean, for me at least, that's a handbook on how to make comics, how to how to all the possible formal, you know, the, all the formal things that you can do with comics that are interesting. So, um, and with Grant, I, I love. I mean, Grant Morrison certainly is probably the biggest influence uh, on me personally, N- not just because of the ambition of his work, but there's a, I feel this way about Vonnegut, Kurt Vonnegut as well. There's a kind of core of mm-hmm. kindness to a lot of his stuff. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, a lot of hope in, in Morrison's work. Yeah. And I, it doesn't, it doesn't come out in all of my work, but uh, certainly it has, it has buoyed me a lot in life and sort of, it has, yeah. it has impacted how I look at the world and how I want to live my life. So Grant Morrison for me is huge. And all of the, all the comics that you mentioned, you know, uh, Doom Patrol and Visibles and Flex and all that's the, and every, all of that was very important. And, and I, I mean, I think I credit, I would have to probably credit Grant Morrison's uh, JLA as, oh, as the yeah. book that made me a huge fan of comics. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, I remember uh, reading those and, and my parents wouldn't really let me buy comics because they wanted me to read books, uh, but I would go to Barnes and Nobles and I would I would read those in in the big puffy chairs. Yes, and, and I was it was just blowing my mind, you know. That, that stuff just blew my mind. I loved it. I just loved it. Yeah, yeah. I I remember. It's like interesting about when you go into like if you guys can see like how Grant Morrison between his JLA run, then you go to his Invisibles, then you go into his X Men run, and then you go into like it's and like all his work over the years. Just he's done a little bit of everything. And taken, and you're, and he takes you on a journey. You just kind of strap in and see what what journey's gonna take you on. And and I, because I remember, I was like, I would say, like, I remember, why like, I read the, I remember, I read reading the entirety of Invisibles in oh. about under a week. Oh God, I that is intense. I remember that was, saying that. Yeah, it kind of warped your mind, didn't it? <laughs> oh, dude, I felt like I, I felt, I felt like I was like on this. I was like, you know. I don't do drugs. I've never done a drug in my life. I feel like I've done drugs. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, a, that's as high a compliment as you can pay, I think. That's, that's I think a phenomenal. I think pay to, especially to Grant Morrison, I think he'd love that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, it, yeah. I was like, yeah, I felt like I just took drugs because that was wild. Because I was just like, by the end of the week, I, I remember, I remember like, go, I was just going, whoa. I, I remember <laughs> anyone that was around me was sort of like, Wes? Like, I read The Invisibles under a week. <laughs> that was awesome, and I was just There's like, and I, and I felt like I like reached the cosmos or something, and that and that yeah. was what that experience was for me with Grant Morrison was, and that's yeah. why why I always find interesting Grant Morrison because it's like like Grant Morrison, Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman were all around in that sever- that period of time, and yeah, all doing absolutely. radically cr- different and things and and their own in their own unique and fascinating way. I mean, yes, I mean, they're all they're all geniuses. I, when I look at, especially when I look at Alan Moore's stuff, I, I it's it's disturbingly good. You know, it, it's the type of thing where you don't know how somebody could have done what kind of a human man with like a normal brain 
could have <laughs> created something so complex and effective. It's, I mean, Grant Morrison does great, great work too. I love, I love his stuff. But um, there's, there's something sort of mechanistic and, and uh, intricate about Alan Moore's stuff that, you know, when you, especially if you read his scripts and they're just, they're tomes, all of them are just insane tomes. So he's, he, he's thinking, so, he's thinking on this level that you just, I can't fathom. And it's, it's like when I read Pynchon, it's the same, you know, I just, I cannot, or, 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 or Joyce, I just don't know how they did that, you know? Yeah. So an important part of making art or making things is, is picking apart what other people do and thinking, okay, this is how they did that. And there's something kind of reassuring about being able to do that. Okay, this is what they did. This is how they did it. This is why they did it. Like maybe I wouldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it necessarily, but I can see at least working backwards, I can see what they did. But I mean, there, there's just so much in an Alan Moore book, in an, uh, in an Alan Moore script that it's just, it, or in a Pynchon novel that it's just mind boggling. You know, it's just, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and intimidating. Yeah. Certainly, it's intimidating. Like, only yeah. when you go back, the only thing that makes me feel better is go back and read some of his early Future Shock, Future Shock stuff, and it's not great. You know, there's, it's, <laughs> it's hit and miss. Some of it's yeah. phenomenal, but some of it's just a, a bit cheesy. And I think, okay, whew, you know, yeah. there's this, and it's, and it's even more impressive, really, because he started as an average writer, and he, and through work, it just goes to show through work and, and patience mm-hmm. and effort. He built himself into this this creating machine that that you know operates on a different level entirely. So yeah, yeah. it's inspiring. Like it's and like it's interesting when you like look at Alan Moore's stuff he does did for the very time when he wouldn't work for Marvel or DC, and mm. he did like he did like a Wildcats run. Yeah, he wrote Violator. Remember when he was in Violator? Yeah. Wild. Then he wrote Vi- Wildcats, and then he's doing all this off the wall stuff. Like, what was he? Alan Moore wrote Wildcats. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his Wildcats run is very underrated, I would argue. I agree. I mean, yeah, it was no, sort of good his, things about it. It was like kind of his take on on uh, superheroes as sort of both ethnic and and sexual beings. Mm-hmm. And there's just there's all this really interesting stuff baked in there that doesn't get the that doesn't get the attention that it deserves. And some there's some great Travis Charest art on it. Yes. You know, some really early Travis Charest art. Not early. Sorry, uh, just. Just there was some Travis Charles art, and he, it was actually I think the last extended run that he did, and uh, and he's a he's a he's a god. I mean, there's no oh other yes. way to put it. That man is that, especially towards yeah, yeah. towards the end of his sequential career, he is he was uh, he's the artist that other artists dream of of drawing like. You yeah, because um, like last one of his last run, like last uh, long form runs he did was freaking the last bit, like the first bit of Lobdell's uh, Wildcat run. And yeah, so I think, yeah, I, th- I, I think Lobdell's run came before Alan Moore's run. No, like it was, and um, he... Alan, Moore, Alan Moore's run was before. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Alan Moore's run was before, it was sure, and then, and then, and then it was like, after Alan Moore, like, I can't remember who took over after Alan Moore, but then, uh, and then after a while the series kind of floated around, then they rebooted it when Wildstorm, the, Wildstorm, I think it was like when Wildstorm got under the DC banner, and then... Yeah, I remember... Casey came on and did Wildcats 3.0, right? He did Wildcats uh, under the under the Lobdell band under the Wildcats after Lobdell left when Lobdell and Charest okay. officially left, and then Casey okay. took Casey did the the run with Sean Phillips. Then after Sean Phillips and uh and show and uh, Joe Casey decided, okay, we're gonna, we got to do a different direction. Then that's when uh Joe Casey turned went to Dustin DeGuen, 
also yes. another amazing yes. freaking artist oh my god yeah mm. uh, and that was yeah. his early early work yes. i remember he was a he was an inker before then he was he was i think he was inking over doug I'm, i don't know if i'm saying this right doug monke or, or monk yeah he did um, yeah he so I remember I was on, I was a kid and I was on the DC boards at the time and people were like, you should really, you know, people were trying to tell people like, no, he's, Dustin is an incredible artist on his own and just wait until you see Wildcats 3.0. And I thought Wildcats 3.0 was, again, genius. That was a genius. That was one of my favorites. That was a genius run. That was a genius run. Okay, uh, Dennis, you know that- I'm sorry to pick up on that you and I have had very similar influences. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, I think this is, this, what we're talking about is are just, the cream of the comics crop not not exclusively but all of these books were just were just special and phenomenal and and genuinely unique you know what i think actually grant morrison picked up on a lot of wildcat 3.0 stuff uh on his batman run i think yeah kind of bruce as a as a benevolent you know hyper capitalist uh or a you know ceo exec that was that was kind of a and he and joe casey are good friends and uh in fact i think Joe Casey recommended Chris Burnham to him as, as an artist for his Batman runs. Yeah, so because uh, Chris Burnham all goes it all it's all connected. I mean, Chris Burnham yeah. did uh, yeah. Officer Down with uh, Officer Down, yep. and I, Chris Burnham's what, insane. What, we're I, he's great. You want to, he's by amazing. the way, for anyone listening to this, whoever wants a really weird fun fact about me, one of my first interviews I ever did for a comic site was Chris Burnham. Oh really? Oh, really? And it, this is this is something I don't really this is I. I um when I first started writing for uh so at so entertain.me, uh the guy who got me on the time said, Oh yeah, I know Chris Burn I know this guy, Chris Burnham. And and I was like, Wait, you know how what? And it's like, Yeah, you want me to get you want to do it? And this is before Chris Burnham became Chris Burnham. This is right, just right. before it's like he was just starting to do Batman Inc. He was just starting to get a name, but he wasn't big, big yet. He was sort of simple. Right, right, right. So I got to do a quick little interview with him. It's it's, it's a quick interview, but he was very nice. I got to ask him a few questions, and he was. He's hilarious. I still have his. I still have his his, like thing on my Google Hangout. Like I don't have his email. I was like, I'm just. Oh, nice. So weird. It's like. (laughs) Yeah, he's great. I always forget that. So I was like, I still have his email address, and I still could. But like, nah. But it. But it was. But it was still one of those early. One of those early things. And no, the interview is the the site's long gone from the internet, so you can't. You could probably find the interview on archive if I. But it's you probably have to hunt it down a little bit. But yeah, it's some. It might be somewhere out there. But yeah, I I got the interview with Sperm. I bet it was great. Early experiences, and that was that was a really cool experience. And he was very nice to me for me. Like I said, when I got into doing this comic stuff, I just kind of stumbled in and just went, "What? Okay, well, <laughs> let's figure this stuff out and see what happens." And and it, but it was interesting. That was interesting. But yeah. Um, yeah, he's a he's a super irreverent guy. I love. I've met him a couple of times just at so various cool. things, and he's he's just super silly and kind of he's got like a super inappropriate sense of humor that yeah, I, I, that I really love. So uh, and yeah, I, I, and of course as an artist, he's he's phenomenal. Oh my God, I, I'm he's looking, amazing. I'm really looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah. Like you saw, he's going to do Arkham Two with the yes. Grant again. Yes, yeah, which is unbelievable. Which is you get that kind yeah. of irreverent sense of humor in his in his art as well, can't you? You can tell oh, absolutely. that like, absolutely. you know, every so often you'll see things in the backgrounds or you see like details that, you know, any 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 you know sane person wouldn't have even started <laughs> on. And he's yeah, just going especially into nameless. I think nameless had like a lot of just crazy oh, details, but um, like yeah, like, but he he you can see it in the way that his art is evolving too, right? 
he started a lot more Frank Quitely mm-hmm. and, and Mobius influence, yeah. and yeah. he's become more sort of cartoonish and expressive. You know, there's almost a a crumb look to some of this to some of his like yeah. renderings recently, I which I really did. Yeah, I'm much his more current stuff definitely because it does feel it does feel more like he's kind of coming into his own. You know, yes, his, own his, own, his own mm-hmm. his own style with it, and it's it's yep. it's really it's really rewarding to kind of follow that. It's really good. Yes, absolutely, he's great. Yeah, I love his I love his stuff, and he's yeah, he's been he. I I showed him some art for another thing that I'm working on that ha- hasn't been announced yet, and he just he looked at it and he just every time he turned a page, he just yelled, "Can I swear on this, or is this a no swearing?" Oh yeah, he, you can swear. You can swear. I don't care. Okay. He just all he every time he he turned a page he just yelled fuck so, you know for all i think 16 pages or something like that so he he's a hilarious he's a hilarious dude i love him that's cool that is so neat i mean prime why it's like kind of like why my first one of my first interviews I ever did like a written interview was like like what am i like well if i'm gonna have my first one be chris burnham okay and and that, that he's taken off the way he has i'm just like one of those that was my First yeah. interview, one of the first interview, like I think the first interview I ever did. What in the world? That is crazy. Yeah. The Fathom one, but it and it's interesting. We talk about all these like these are people like all these people that are like different writers and artists that we've kind of jived on. I mean, Chris, freaking Chris Burnham, or I mean, heck, I mean, I would almost say like initially Chris Burnham would give me like a Jeff Darrow vibe. Oh yes, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> and then then you deal with like Frank quietly, and then and then Burnham. Yeah, I never would have thought about the crumb thing though with Chris Burnham until now. I'm like, yeah, mm. I, I can you see it. You can sense that. In his, I can in his see the crumb. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's only in in relation to his earlier stuff that I would say that. But there's kind of a there's a a certain amount of there's it's a little bit looser in a lot of ways than some of his earlier stuff was, and and kind of there's a little bit of that shaky line that you might see in crumb, and and it, incredibly expressive, like you know, an exaggerated expressive nature that. That really works, especially for yeah. the kinds of stories that, that he does. Um, it just works brilliantly, I think. Well, I mean, talking of like kind of insane details, we mentioned last week uh, James Stokoe, who's like uh-huh. you know, a massive kind of uh, a massive yeah. uh, favorite of both me and Wes. Like we talked about, the, he did uh, a hundredth anniversary issue for Marvel, which was like uh, I think it was Avengers, Avengers was it Wes or Gun? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and like the callback to that, and then just like Godzilla, Half Century War, and the new aliens he's Orc doing, Stain. Orc Stain. yeah, yeah. Stain especially, yeah, yeah absolutely, Orc Stain. yeah, he's, absolutely. he's amazing. Uh, he's, I think, is he? He's married to another great artist, um, the artist on um, on uh, Shade the Changing Girl, Marley Zarkon, I think it is. Oh, wow. um, and so, so it's you know they're a comics power couple, but they're amazing. Yeah, uh, he's amazing. Uh, he's amazing, and in fact, the the art that this project that I have that should be should be announced in I don't know six months or something, mm. um, it has has an art that's very similar. It's kind of halfway between Darrow and and uh, and Stoke. Stoke. Oh, wow. Stoke. Okay. So um, excited. Yeah. So that was the that was the art that that Burnham was commenting on. It's just ah, cool, cool. But it's still it's too early to talk about anything except yeah, to, you yeah. know what you're what your appetite with that <laughs> yeah well that's yeah tantalizing we're so close yet so far to getting that stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, I look forward to hearing from that 
Um, I want to mention something as well. Like well, I mentioned it in the introduction briefly, but um, mm. you know, you won the um, Miller World contest, like the talent contest in yeah. 2015. Like, how was that yes. experience for you? And you know, what did you what did you submit? And, and you know, how did you find the whole whole experience? Yeah. So um, I have been like a member of the Miller World forums for a while. You know, I, I was a when I was younger. Since I was in high school, I was posting on message boards because. I didn't really have a lot of outlet for my interest in comics. You know, it's hard to remember that when I was young, comics were not something that you really wanted to to broadcast that you liked when you were in high school. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, it yeah. was it was kind of an embarrassment, and I was not I was not a self assured enough kid to just put it all out there. Mm. So uh, so going on message boards on on CBR and and a few and and Miller World and a few others. Um, was was an outlet for you know just talking about the stuff that I really like. So I've kind of been a part of the com- the Miller World community for a while. So and I and I check back there periodically. You know, sometimes I get busy and sometimes mm-hmm. I can't can't do it for various reasons. But I check back there you know periodically and and it came out of nowhere for me just like everybody else this this opportunity and um, I had I had not really I mean I had been writing for about uh, a year before that. Previous to that, I had an entirely different career that didn't have anything to do with writing, and I never really wrote creatively for any reason. Um, but I just I wanted to make a change, and, and so I started writing, and I love comics, so I started writing comics. And it kind of, so I, I tried to do a few short stories and scripts, and they were terrible. And, um, and, then, this, and then this opportunity came up, and I said, well, let me give it a shot. Um, and by then, I was already kind of, I had already done a couple of short stories myself, so I'd gotten hopefully the really bad stuff out of the way and and i i sat down in on on i think on a saturday when my girlfriend was was doing something else um and i just sat in bed and and kind of cranked out a a five-page script in i don't know a couple hours and then and then i did it again i i I cranked out two five-page scripts or four four page you know five page and uh and just because i wasn't sure which one would be better and i just wanted to have practice and so uh, and then so yeah, I sent I sent them to a friend and said, which one of these do you think is better? An artist friend, and they liked, you know, the first one. So I I sent that in and and uh, and I was pretty shocked to find out that I won, obviously, and very very <laughs> pleased. Um, and it it was great. I mean, it was it was a great experience to get paid for for your work. Um, and it was a huge platform, and especially I think the first one was hugely publicized. Because it was the first time something like that had been done, and that's just the way it is. The first one is always kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. You know. uh, and uh, and working with the the editorial team was was phenomenal. Uh, Rachel Fulton was our editor, and and but Mark had specific suggestions for us and, and specific changes that he wanted to make. And so I, I hear some of the other the amount of changes that he asked for, you know, varied depending on on the story. For me, it was very minor, almost nothing. So the, the script that I entered into the contest was pretty much the one that you saw in the actual um in the actual issue and uh and yeah and and, and w- there was a great i mean there was a great set of artists and the artist that did mine was uh w- did this beautiful painted work uh and so it was really fitting for the story and and yeah and and since then uh, I've, I've seen mark in person a couple of times and he's been super generous giving feedback and connecting me to some of his you know editor friends you know uh to to pitch some of my other work and and so he's he's really done me a huge solid frankly he's 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 been one of the the most you know the biggest uh advocates for me in my career 
yeah. of anyone in comics. And, and comics in general has been incredibly supportive, you know. Um, I guess I should probably mention Mark has been probably the biggest, the biggest advocate for me and, and the biggest mentor to me, but Phil Hester has also taken time to, to connect me to editors and, mm-hmm. and review my work and really review it, not just, not just say it's good or it's bad, but really tell me what was wrong with it, specifically kind of do a diagnostic on, on what I could do better. Yeah. Um, the, there was a Vertigo editor, an ex-Vertigo editor named Will Dennis, who, who you know, has read my stuff and, and, and offered a lot of feedback, which has been huge for me. And, and, um, and Jeff Johns was, was also really one of the early wow. people. Like we went, he, he went to undergrad where I grew up, in the town that I grew up in, in Michigan State, in uh, East Lansing, the town was called. And, and he, hasn't looked at, he hasn't looked at my work directly, but he was a huge influence on me. And, and we used to talk back when he was not that big of a star, like you said, on his old message boards. And he took time to, to look me up and, and ask how I was doing and how things had been going. And, and just his encouragement has really meant a lot. Um, I mean, now you're just showing off. I, I mean, just, well, I, know. I, I started, started name this. <laughs> I, uh, I started a name drop, but I just, I had to, to give thanks to all the people who have no, you know, done this. Good name dropping, though. That's some, that's yeah, name that's some drop. solid name drop. If you're going to drop, <laughs> drop names, I mean, you're doing well. Uh, well, you know, I try, I try. <laughs> but, you know, but really, I, 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 the thing about, about any of these kinds of endeavors is outside of the influences that you have, like you, nobody ever just gets in on their own, right? They, mm-hmm. Nobody, it's a myth, especially a uniquely American myth that, you know, you can do it all yourself and, and there's such a thing as a self-made person. No, we all, you know, we all need each other and we all, we all have certain advantages and, and we all get help. And uh, it's important to know, like, to know that part of the process of, of being in, in one of these fields is looking for help and, and looking for somebody that can, that can give you honest feedback and and connect you with the people, you know, with the people that you need to be connected with. And ultimately, it's your own work that rises and falls on its own merits. But, uh, but no person, no creator is an island, especially in comics, okay. right? There's, it's, a, it's a collaborative medium. So uh, yeah, it's important absolutely. to know that, that, like, you know, people help out and, and there's a lot of generous people in the industry. So you should, you know, you should look for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a small world as well, isn't it? Comics, it's, you know, everyone, everyone knows someone, everyone knows, everyone knows everyone, everyone, you know, is aware of other people's work and things right. like that. And it's, you know, it's, um, and it's a wonderful community, I find as well. You know, there's, Agreed. you know, if you, if you look at kind of comics Twitter and, you know, the, the kind of comics internet, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ugliness in, in any community really, but like the actual, the creators, the core of the, the community, you know, I mean, me and Wes have been privileged to talk to the people we've talked to, you know, yourself included. And mm-hmm. um, and every every time we speak with someone, you know, it's 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 great to kind of to kind of get to know them and get to get to know their kind of view on the world. And and everyone has got positive things to say about about the comics community, and it's it's kind of it's 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 great to hear, really. Yeah, yeah. I didn't expect. I mean, I've been in some other fields, not never a creative field, but. Um, and I just, I didn't expect the sort of positivity, positivity and the, the sort of generally welcoming feel. I, I feel like I've, especially since Maxwell's has been announced, but even before that, there's just been a number of, of peers that have really offered their time and their effort and, and enthusiasm for the work that it's just very, you know, as somebody, like I said, I didn't have a, I didn't grow up with a large group of friends that that liked comics so th- it was kind of something that i experienced exclusively through the internet 
Um, and mm. it's, it's just been amazing to, to, to feel, you know, and, and New York Comic Con is coming up. I live in New York City. Yeah. Um, and, so, um, and so I'm really excited for that because it's just a great opportunity to hang out with friends and talk about this thing that you love doing and that frankly takes up too much of our time and <laughs> that can be exhausting and, and really frustrating at times. But ultimately, you know, it's the, it's the thing that you love. Nobody's in comics. There's not, that, there's not enough money in comics to be in comics for the money. You yeah, know? Yeah. So everyone that's, that's working at this and doing this is doing it because they love it. And it, it's the thing that they feel that they have to do. And so, um, and that's just really exciting I, as a, yeah, yeah. as a fan and as a creator, that's just really exciting to be around people that are excited, not necessarily about what costume Superman is wearing or, or any, or how many, you know, how many times this book is shipping or that, but just the art mm-hmm. of making comics. That's, that's really, really energizing. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, Dennis, it's, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I um, genuinely mean that's been a, a fascinating conversation. Um, th- thank Thanks you so much, much for, for having uh, me on. No, thank you, thank you for coming. Yeah. I liked it a yeah. lot. I had a great time. I had a really great time. I don't usually get to do this, so uh, it's, it's really meant a lot to me. And it's, really been, it's really been fun. Uh, Maxwell's Demons is out on October 11th um, from Vault yep. Comics. Um, it's 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 a it's a great issue you know as as we said me and wes have read the first issue you know you guys need to get on board with this um because it's you know it's, it's a fantastic <laughs> order story order order, order it if you can definitely still order. because please, um, do. please let me let me keep making i, I want to be reading issue 35 i'm, I'm going to put that out there i want to be <laughs> i want to be getting there you know um we'd love to have you on um have you on again as a guest i mean uh you know we'd love to uh, love get that. you on maybe yeah, uh, yeah, near the end of these five issues so we can kind of properly dissect it and and not worry about spoilers too much exactly um, absolutely let's make a plan yeah definitely let's make a plan but uh, so if people you know what we usually do now is if people want to find you on the internet if people want to find you your work where where right. can people find you so uh, i have a website that has not been updated in a while uh that is just www.denniscampmyname.com dennis is spelled strangely d e n i z um blame my parents <laughs> and uh and uh or you can find me on, I'm pretty active on Twitter, so at M Desaad, that's at M D E S A A D. That's a new God's say, reference. Yeah, in yeah. Case you <laughs> yep, yep, it's not. <laughs> I wear my influences on yeah, my sleeve, okay? Yeah. Proudly. <laughs> and proudly, exactly. And uh, yeah, so, and you can find my work, you know, my comics analysis on panel by panel. Um, and I'm always down to, to chat. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Thanks again for that. Um, Thanks for having me. It's been yeah, a great time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been, um, that's the issue. Uh, you can find us um, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, podcasts, um, on Stitcher, anywhere really. Uh, you can follow us on at that's the issue uh, on Twitter, uh, or you can email us at that's the issue at uh, gmail.com. That's the issue podcast at gmail.com, I should say. Um, and you can find me at Matt Loon, M-A-T-T-L-U-N-E on Twitter. Um, I, uh, I do I do a lot of chatting on there. And you can find me um, and uh, this um, podcast will be hosted up on my blog, which is awesomesourcecomics.com. Uh, that's S-O-U-R-C-E, uh, as in your source for all things awesome. Uh, Wes, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Geek Who Landed. And you can also find me on my website on geekulanded.com. And also, you, and also this, this will be hosted on my name, on, my, on, the, on, the, on the geekulanded.com website too when it 
when it's all said and done. So yeah, yeah, I have to say, Wes's, we are pretty um, much we are everywhere. Wes's uh, show notes are a lot better than mine. Mine tend to just be uh, here's the show, <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> whereas whereas Wes's <laughs> show notes tend to be. I mean, by the time I've edited the show, by the time I posted up on SoundCloud and and put all the put all the links mm. and stuff, by the time I put, get to putting it on my own blog, I tend to just kind of go here you go, enjoy. Whereas uh, Wes kind of yeah, I'd be <laughs> yeah. sick of it. Whereas Wes kind of goes into it, he talks about you know his own kind of feelings how he enjoyed the show and stuff like that so it's, it's really fascinating read so uh definitely head to geekulanded.com for that as well um but uh, i mean i don't know about you wes but i think we're getting better at this i think this was uh, i think we are i think this, yeah we're in pretty, pretty good, good this. show this was um and thanks in no small part so. to you dennis so uh, so thanks a lot for coming in that's it and we'll um we'll see you again next time goodbye bye later x-men